Hello and welcome to the Paranormalist Podcast. As always, I am your host, Kenny Dodson, and I am here, also always, with author Patty Wilson. Patty, how you doing? Hi, Kenny. How are you tonight, honey? Pretty good. Uh, This was the first thing that we've done after the new year. It is. And uh, the first thing we've done since we launched our Patreon page. So, um, yeah, as promised, uh, we said that whenever someone becomes a patronormalist with us, genius name, I know. Thank you, Patty. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Kenny came up with this amazing name. Oh, she hated it. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to do the dad joke. I couldn't help it. Um, But we did promise that we would announce people's names as we got them. And thankfully, right after we launched it, just a few days ago, um, we got two patronormalists. So a special shout out, thank you, goes out to Robert Stewart and Deb Miller for their contributions in improving this podcast. What do they get, Patty? Thank you both. Well, they get the um, three extra stories um, every week that will come about throughout the week that um, nobody else gets to have. They get um, access to um, some of the extra content that you have and some of the stuff that is not actually making it into the shows, correct? Yes, we are doing pre-roll. There's a lot of times I record all of our conversations and sometimes we do get into topics and just things that aren't really paranormal related but are still interesting. So we'll let people in on our secret world that nobody gets to see sometimes when available. It's not always available, but and it's not always good, but we'll do our best. And you also get bonus content such as the TSA experience I had. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Go check it out on our timeline. But, okay, that is over with. Now let's get into the real episode. What are we talking about? Okay. Well, I actually wrote an article a couple weeks ago that I posted on our site, and it was called Mirror, Mirror. And it re- really elicited a lot of passionate reaction, people sharing stories about haunted and possessed mirrors and things like that. And so um, I you know, I thought maybe th- this is a topic that people are interested in. We should talk a little bit more about it because there's an awful lot to talk about with haunted and possessed mirrors. Yeah, I didn't know how much until I started seeing all the comments. And we like we talk about sometimes we don't always get comments on videos, but this one just really exploded. Well, it wasn't even a video. (laughs) It was just a picture and and words, but people seem to really like it and they have their own, like a couple of them are really creepy that, that the people shared. So, um, which part do you want to start with? Do you want to start with what is a mirror? Well, I think that, um, we should talk maybe a little bit about the history, any reflective surface for our, for our purposes will be a mirror. So if it's polished metal, water that's a reflective surface, it has a mirror effect. Um, But most of the time we're thinking about the traditional mirror, which is the the glass device that we all look at ourselves in and the reflections. And they have a history going back thousands of years. The ancient Romans believed that it captured the human soul to reflect your face in a mirror. Um, many cultures believe that mirrors um, are a portal that will either trap the dying or bring entities that will hurt the dying. That's why the mirrors are covered in homes where there's sickness or death, because you don't want the dead person or dying person to get trapped in the mirror and not be able to ascend on and you know wherever it's going to go. And likewise, you don't want something to come out of a mirror and hurt the person who's sick. 
So, you know, for those reasons, um, and there's just so many other things like um, screening, which is, um, you know, looking at a reflective surface and and trying to conjure an entity or, or see the future or things like that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about something called psychomantiums, which are using mirrors um, in order to communicate with the dead. Is that for the lay person so that they, they could physically see it? Let's, well, well don't, you don't have to explain it now. We'll, let's get into it later. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more complicated than that. But yeah. um, actually, in our posts, whenever people were commenting, somebody did comment about the cyclomantium. And so I thought we should probably bring it up a little bit in discussion, explain what it is and how it works. All right, go for it. So the thing that kind of got me started was, um, you know, the mirrors are, um, we consider them places where we look look at our reflection, what have you. But... Even as small children, we're taught that mirrors have a more sinister purpose. You know, Walt Disney, we're back to Mr. Disney. He, um, in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of us all? And then this demonic entity came up and, you know, cajoled the queen and said this. And then the next time she asked, it named the little girl Snow White. She would be the fairest of them all. And so that connection to mirrors and evil entities is is traditional in so many ways and we're taught that from childhood on as teenagers who amongst us hasn't tried the bloody mary story you know you go into the bathroom and you say bloody mary you didn't try it i was too scared patty i never would do it kenny doesn't want to go on a ghost hunt i've always believed in all this stuff so without meeting you so <laughs> I never did it. I, I would hide when people would go in the bathroom to do it. I was like, I'm good. I'll stay out here. You let me know if you see something. So you know, I, 99 I times out of 100, it's um, it's just kids spoofing. But there have been some very frightening stories of people who have seen something and this something has physically or mentally harmed them. And, you know, I, I've seen stories where people have been scratched or um, bitten or pinched, or they literally had a nervous breakdown or bad things just start happening to them after they attempt this, if they successfully go through that process. And really what you're doing is you're conjuring at the end of the day, I don't care what you call it, it's conjuring. And so that's what you're trying to do with the mirror. And there are a lot of stories out there, as we found out when we posted the article, yeah. more stories than I anticipated. Um, and I'm grateful. I love them. I enjoyed every single one of them. Um, and I hope there's a lot more to follow this. But, um, you know, as I said, Bloody Mary is probably our first one. But some things that are even darker, there's a, a website called Quorum. And on that website, I found a story that was just really interesting. This gentleman wrote in and he said about his experience with haunted mirrors. And he said that the entity he describes, I think, is not just a ghost. I think it's more demonic by nature. And I'll let the, the listeners judge. Um, according to this gentleman's uh, biographical entry, he bought a home. And one of the features in the master bedroom was this large full-length mirror. And... So the first few nights he slept in the room, he always felt kind of watched, but he didn't think a whole lot of it. And the mirror, interestingly enough, was positioned. So it's it shown on the bed, which, by the way, in some cultures um, is uh, frowned upon because they think it'll steal your soul at night. But anyhow, he um, 
he thought that the you know the mirror was just kind of creepy, but he, what are you going to do? It's a full length mirror. It's already in the wall. What are you going to do? And one night when he was sleeping, he woke up startled and he saw a man in the mirror and the man stepped out of the mirror and became three dimensional in his room. He described a man as having on a long coat and having a uh, Quaker hat and the man's eyes glowed red. And the man said to him, I am, I want to be your spirit guide. And if you allow me to do this, I will give you all your heart's desires. I will make you rich beyond your wildest dreams. I will give you fame. I will give you fortune. I will even give you the woman that you covet. But I have to be allowed to stay with you. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> he should have thought like, this guy's a Quaker. Quakers don't make money. <laughs> so, well, he, you know, he didn't do it, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> It was, uh, it was terrible, you know, terrifying to him, I'm sure. And the entity said, I'm not going to try to persuade you. I'm not going to try to argue with you. I am simply offering. And all I could think of when I read the article or this, this guy's entry was, you know, um, the classic stories of deals with the devil. And that's exactly what it reminded me of, a deal with the devil. I'm not going to force you. I can't force you. But if you say yes. Everything you desire will be yours. Right. But he didn't say what the consequence of receiving all of it was, except that he would be with him forever. And, you know, that might be a very polite way of saying eternity. Yeah. That's why I'm a little leery of so, spirit guides to begin with. I have to tell you, I am too. I don't have a spirit guide. I don't necessarily. And I know I've got lots of friends who say they have them. But I just, I'm uncomfortable with the entire concept. Well, did they reach out first? Because usually they talk about person. doing it during meditation. You should reach out to your personal angel or your spirit guide or whoever it is and try yeah. to meet them and whatever. But that sounds like conjuring to me. And I agree with you. And I, I don't honestly know how they came to have them. I just know that they do talk about them. And I'm not very comfortable with the subject myself. I don't want one. Thank you. And I don't have not had a need for one thus far in my life. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking I'm going to make it through all, all right without one. But to think about that story, I mean, think how creepy that would be to wake up and see that man standing there in the mirror and then he steps out into the room. Yeah. So after that, did he go back into the mirror or did he just yeah. disappear? Oh, okay. He went back into the mirror and because um, the man didn't say anything. And the man bolted out of the room, and that's where he left the story. Okay. So I can't really tell you if there's any sequel to it at all, but it, that was the first, you know, the first story. Well, is it likely that it coming out of the mirror, it had to go back to the mirror? Do you think there's there like some some way that works that way? Okay. Like there's a pull um, or something. I don't know. Well, when I did the story for the um, that we published in, in the website, um, I told the story of a of a family that um, had inherited a mirror. It was in a big old wardrobe and they would see a black figure looking out of the mirror. Well, it creeped everybody out and the mirror was in an extra bedroom. And um, the two little girls in the house used to sit in that bedroom and play. It was a made, pretty much a makeshift playroom. But after they put the wardrobe in the bedroom, it very quickly became evident the children weren't comfortable there. 
And each of the girls would over the years have the same experience, but they never talked about it till they were adults. And that was that they would have to go into the room for something, whatever it was, whether their mom sent them upstairs for something in storage or whatever. And they would see this figure coming towards them in the mirror as though it was rushing up to them. And they would bolt out of the room when it happened. And eventually the mirror was uh, given away. But they talked about a lot of activity. The house had no activity in it until this mirror arrived. And there was objects move, footsteps, stuff like this. When they gave the mirror away, the wardrobe with the mirror, the activity continued for some time. And the young lady um, who was talking about this, she was speculating that perhaps the entity had gotten trapped outside the mirror when they gave it away. And either he lost his power to manifest because the mirror somehow gave him power or fed him in some way, or he found the mirror again and left them. But for several months after the, the wardrobe was taken away, um, they still had activity. So that led, led her and her sister to later as adults speculate that whenever that was given away, he was trapped in the house with them because the mirror wasn't there to go back into. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought it was quite a um, an interesting story myself. And so, you know, that's one of the things about mirrors is, that, you know, that things can come out of them. Things can go into them. Um, we talked a little bit a few episodes ago about Abraham Lincoln and um, prediction that came from a mirror when he was in Illinois prior to his election, well, right after his election. Um he would tell his wife, Mary, that he had this very strange experience. One morning he got up, was getting ready for the day, looked in the mirror as he was washing up and he saw two reflections of himself, one looking, you know, normal. And like he looked that moment, that moment and the other one looking very wan and wasted and pale. And he was very taken aback by that experience and so much so that he would relate it not only to Mary, but to his law partner in Illinois. Um, and Mary would later write about it. And she kind of interpreted it to mean that he would do a full term as president and not make it through his second. She didn't know why. She didn't know how. But she thought it meant that he would not complete his second term. And obviously, eventually, that's exactly what happened. So that was his reflection looking sick back yes. at him? Okay. It was two two reflections of him, one very normal and one very pale and pallid and and faint. That sounds like the movie Mirrors. Have you seen yeah. that movie? <laughs> Every, everybody who listens to us regularly is going, Kenny, she doesn't watch much TV. <laughs> so in the movie Mirrors, uh, I forget exactly how they get caught up because the movie was so horrible. That I forget, I just forget all the details. I purged it from my memory banks, but I do remember that they would look in the mirror and their reflection would show up and then they would like walk away from the mirror and the reflection would still stay. Okay. And, it, and it was something else, almost like, I don't know, I watched this one episode on Netflix, Haunted, about a mimic. We haven't talked mm -hmm. about mimics at, at all, but um, nope, not yet. we don't need to now, but... Um, it's interesting that it looked exactly like them, but then it would do its own behavior and it would travel from mirror to mirror in the house. And when they got in front of it again, they noticed, Oh, it's moving on its own. I'm not doing that. And the thing would like kill itself and then they would die. 
So the image in the mirror would kill itself. Yeah, the image would kill itself, and they would die in the exact same way. Hmm. Um, in some really messed up ways, I will say. I won't even go into what they were, but um, have right. you heard anything like that? Maybe not the whole "it kills itself and you die" thing, but more of it, once it's in your house, it jumps from mirror to mirror, or it can look like you, or anything like that. Like your reflection gone haywire, essentially. Have you heard of anything like there, that? There are some very rare stories of reflections that move while the person's just standing there, almost as though they are a doppelganger or a mimic of it. But there are very rare stories of that. That's probably the least common. Yeah. But there I mean, was, you, you kind of just most, told one with Lincoln. It was yeah. him, but it wasn't, you know? Right. Now, he didn't say that it did anything different. It just stood there and stared back at him. And he was taken aback because, you know, here he was handling the president and he had perfectly normal reflection. But beside that reflection was just another reflection, only much, much more pale and much more indistinct. Oh, it wasn't the only one. So he had his and, you know, and the other one next to it. It didn't replace his. Yeah, there were two okay. reflections. Okay. No, sorry. There were two reflections of the same person. Gotcha. Yeah. And, but, you know, most common thing that we hear are ghost stories about mirrors, which are, you know, one of my favorites is a, there's a hotel, it's a B&B &B and a restaurant in central Pennsylvania. And the story goes that on, um, on the night before this young lady's wedding, she was, they were renting the hotel out for the B&B out for the wedding. And the, whole, you know, the whole wedding party, parents and, and stuff were all going to stay there. And the night before the wedding, she was practicing the coming down the stairs with the whole nine yards on, you know, the long veil and the train behind her and all of this as they were doing the practice for the wedding. And she fell and she, when she tripped over her train and she broke her neck and died at the foot of the stairs. And, um, Today, the place has been completely remodeled, but in now the area, which would have then been her bedroom that she was staying in the day, the day this all occurred, is now part of it's now a men's restroom. And there are many men who have claimed to have seen a young woman in a bridal gown looking out of the mirror at them. And you can imagine how startling that is to turn around and go wash your hands and see this woman looking at you. And she looks very sad. And she opens her mouth as though she's going to say something, but she never makes a sound. And either they bolt out of the room or she fades away. Hmm. So what is that? Her I think soul just was too close to a mirror? Not necessarily that. I, I just think that this is the room she was in. And hmm. so she began to haunt it in the mirror was a way for her to come out of it. And she's never been seen in a three-dimensional form. She just tries to talk to them. Gotcha. And she can't make a sound, so she just looks very sad and then fades away. Hmm. Yeah, that that's... Whenever you were talking about, like, people covering up mirrors mm -hmm. when somebody dies and stuff like that, there's... Uh, are you familiar with the Whaley House? I am. Have you been there? I have not been there, but I do know a good bit about it. Yeah, I've toured it twice. It's creepy. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> it's really creepy. Um, but it's like, you know that spirits are still there. And they did all that stuff. They did, they did adhere to all the customs. 
and they still got trapped anyway. Now, is that because they wanted to stay or, you know, is that just a regular ghost haunting or did them covering up the mirrors not allow them to go somewhere else? Um, no, I think it's just a regular haunting. I know that there's what Yankee Jim is one of the ghosts, the guy who was hung there. And then Mrs. Whaley has been seen there. Mr. Whaley has been seen there. So it's really very much a normal haunting. I don't believe that there's any um, particular paranormal stories attached just to the mirrors in that house. Although I do believe in the master bedroom, Mrs. Whaley has been seen either reflected in the mirror or looking out of the mirror. Mm -hmm. But that would be the only one. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, they did the convention of the day and that, that these people had a lot of passion involved. Obviously, Yankee Jim was the guy who was hung on the property right. for stealing the boat. I guess it was a boat or a it wasn't a ship. It wasn't that large. And, um, you know, Mr. Whaley was the judge there and he had a very passionate nature. And then Mrs. Whaley, who lived through a, a riot there when they, they tried to storm the house and, and um, a lot of other things that occurred in the property because that was a very tumultuous time. And she seems to still be holding down the fort and taking care of her house. But that's a more of a normal ghost story. Mm -hmm. The idea behind covering the mirrors is that either the soul's going to get sucked into the glass and can't move forward or something's going to come out and steal its energy, suck out its last of its life. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time I ever heard of that. The whole like covering the mirror thing. I was like, you know, it's just there's something weird about it when you're looking and you see like you can see the reflection under some sort of garb. And you're just like, why can't I just see the reflection? This is weird. You know, right. um, I don't know if it's because we're so vain in a way that we every mirror we look at, we want to see our own reflection or something like that. But, you know, I don't know what draw drew me to it. I'm like, I want to see my reflection for some reason. And I didn't know why. Um, but that was yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Did I say it's and in I'll, San Diego? It's in San Diego, everyone. Yes. In old I'm not town. sure if you did or not, but it, it, it's a, it's an interesting house and a very interesting story. Yeah. If if you can go to Old Town, um, definitely go during Dia de los Muertos and tour the Whaley house then because you'll see people in, all dressed up. You'll see them wearing their, their skull masks and all that stuff. And it just creates this creepy vibe in the air that makes the Whaley house even cooler. So if you get a chance, do that. That is cool. I've never been there. I, I've seen it so many times and heard so many stories about it. But that's uh, it's interesting that you've gotten a chance to go see it. Yeah, maybe um, one day we'll be able to do the one project that we talked about and we'll be able to go there together. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Because I would love for you to see that. And I actually kind of know my way around because I've been in Old Town three times because that's our favorite place in California. So anyway, continue. Mirrors. <laughs> probably one of the most interesting stories about mirrors that I ever saw. And in fact, it's the first story I looked up when I started to do the research on this because I remembered the story back in the nineties, there was um, a television show called sightings. A lot of people watched it. It's, it was on many years. And although today we think that, you know, ghost hunters likes the TV show likes to say it was the first of its kind. It was not. The first paranormal show that ever sent investigators out and stuff like that was sightings. Now, they used, you know, seasoned investigators and scientists and stuff like that to check out houses. So the one that that intrigued me that I wanted to talk about was actually a house owned by a gentleman by the name of Steve Lee. 
And this was in what's called the Black Forest in, in the mountains of Colorado. Basically, Mr. Lee and his family found this beautiful log house out in the out in the mountains there. It was their kind of dream home. It was for rent at the time. So they rented it for a year. And then a year later, the owner said, well, hey, I want to sell the house. Would you like to buy it? So the Lee family bought the house. Until they bought the house, there was no reported activity. But even before the paperwork was quite done, things started to happen in the house. First, um, footsteps and um, shouting and pounding on the walls. It just became very, very active. A lot of what we would traditionally call, um, you know, paranormal activity, even some poltergeist type activity, uh, footsteps on the roof of the house, things like that. So, and as ob objects were getting moved in the house and things, Mr. Lee, who was a complete and total skeptic at the beginning of this, thought somebody was playing a dirty trick on him. He honestly thought somebody was trying to scare them off the property. That, they got first dibs on the place because they were already living there and he thought somebody else had wanted to buy it. And so they were, you know, scaring him using techniques to scare them. So he decides to go and get um, a lot of video cameras and motion sensors and stuff like that. And he puts up an entire grid work of the stuff in and outside of the house. And what he sees is beyond puzzling. First he sees, um, white lights shooting through, moving, um, not just shooting in one direction, but moving and swaying and, you know, back and forth and making um, odd shapes. And then the faces start. Um, faces like peering into the um, camera and then it's just gone. And then figures that just walk along and never turn and they don't look quite human, if you will. So this was disconcerting to them, and they ended up calling the sheriff. They actually had 62 separate incidents of possibly having their home broken into that the sheriff's department was looking into. So they had a lot of people looking at this house, and the sheriff's department was looking at the videos. They couldn't explain it. They could definitely see faces and figures and stuff like this, but nothing they could you know, possibly explain. At the same time, sightings was in about its second or third year. So somebody had said to Mr. Lee, why don't you write to sightings and see if they could maybe help you? So he did. He wrote a letter explaining what was going on in his home and how he wasn't sure if it was paranormal, but they had pretty much ruled out everything else by now. So he asked if they could send help, basically. What they did is they sent out a, pre a preliminary crew of several people to um, – talk to the family, interview the family. Now, whenever the, the crew came out, I believe the children were elsewhere. They were not in the house. And so it was Mr. and Mrs. Lee and the crew. One of the crew members would talk about being touched. One of them, a female crew member, would say that something attempted to climb inside of her. And she meant like possessing her, like pushing her own spirit to the side. Kind of like so, that borrowed bodies episode. The guy in the car wreck uh, had died and went in the guy who was alive trying to push his spirit out. Something like that. Exactly. Okay. And um, they had a bunch of cameras on tripods, like I said. And at one point they would report that they could hear thumps, like thump, thump, thump throughout the house and it was something kicking over every tripod with a camera on it and there was nothing there 
And so it was interesting. It, it very much frightened them. And they left, rattled. And I believe the female producer that got possibly attempted possession, um, she actually quit her job because she didn't want to deal with the paranormal after this. This terrified her. So a few months go by, the production crew um, and the producers decide to come back. And this time they bring with them world-renowned psychic Peter James. And he comes in the house and in the master bedroom, there's a dresser with a mirror on it, nothing earth-shattering there. And it's beside the closet. And Mr. James comes in, walks through the house and goes straight up the steps to this bedroom. And he says... There's a portal in this closet, and they're coming through the mirror. They're coming out the mirror. Now, it's interesting because there were photographs being taken at the time he says this and video and this video being rolled. I actually sent you a picture, still lifted off the video. You see what looks like arcs of light and stuff coming out of the area, like around the mirror. But if you look at the um, mirror closely, and there's a blow-up, for you to see, which I thought we could share with um, all the people viewing. You can see two faces, and they're not just human faces. They're faces with um, almost like masks. They have little horns, and they're looking out the mirror into the room. I don't want to open this email. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I think that the that everybody should see it. This was a, these were um, absolutely phenomenal photographs in, in their own way. I'll get up the courage, everyone, and I will put it in. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> You're welcome. So anyhow, um, this continues on and this becomes one of the most well-documented and researched cases in modern history. And according to Peter James and other people who came there, there was a, a bizarre amount of energy coming out of the ground, coming through the mirrors, and they couldn't explain it. Scientists actually came to this site and geologists and couldn't explain the energy vortexes that were suddenly there. And the mirrors just had off the chart energy coming out of them. So it was a really interesting case. And there's very little doubt that something was attempting to come through and participate in this world via the mirrors. It, it's very um, frightening. And particularly when you see the faces, you're going to see what I'm talking about. These are not human beings. Whatever they are, they are not a human face. That makes me wonder what all this is connected to then. Like, do you do you have your own ideas about it? About what it could be? Such as... Like, are we, are those spirits, is there any confirmed spirit that is identified that someone knows, oh, that spirit that came out of the mirror is such and such? Or are these just all like, I just saw this spirit. They're all unidentified. And maybe well, there's a chance that's like, they're a portal to another dimension. What you're seeing is actually real. It's just elsewhere. Like those there are spirits are, from somewhere else, not necessarily our right. realm, our earth. There, there are stories of um, entities that were, you know, human beings that they could identify it was Mr. So-and-so or what have you. Okay. Those stories do exist. But there are likewise are a lot of stories about entities that look demonic in nature, entities that 
not only interact through the mirror, but actually step into this world in some way and then go back out. Um, some people believe it's demonic in nature. You, your um, alternative explanation of alternative universes is viable. But whatever's going on, something seems to be able to come through these mirrors and it seems to generate um, some form of energy or some configuration of things that happen. I know that among the things that I read um, from our viewers that read the story, some of them were talking about, you know, things that were used, mirrors that were used for um, divining or for conjuring entities and the entities attached to the mirrors. And I said before we, we ended this tonight that I'd like to talk about something called cycloramas. Um, before you do that, is okay. it is it ever good? The things what, that come from the mirror. Yeah. Have you heard a story of like, oh, my grandma showed up to me in the mirror and we had a chat. Or is it always like either indifferent or negative? That's interesting because, you know, and I had not thought of that. But um, that's why I'm here. That. I know. I love that question. <laughs> I am so glad you asked it. I never thought of that. I'm really surprised. Um, but the answer to that is to the best of my ability to tell, I have never seen a story where it was positive. It was always either indifferent or negative in nature. But always scary. Um, well, I mean, like the lady, the bride coming, you know, looking out the mirror, she wasn't intentionally scary. It's just disconcerting to see somebody else looking out a mirror at you. Yeah, it just they always ran away, you know. Yeah. So it wasn't exactly a good thing. But I mean, I mean, I can't say that she intentionally meant to be evil. She was just attempting to communicate. I've seen those stories, but by far the vast majority of stories are of things that are um negative in nature or uncomfortable in nature. And historically speaking, if you look back over the history of them, there are, um, I've did not come across one positive where it said, I'll hang a mirror in this spot and good things will happen. I mm -hmm. found a lot of stories and folklore about, you know, don't hang a mirror where it shines on the bed. Don't do this. Don't do that. It'll bring negativity. It'll, you know, make you sick. Things will come out. I've heard all of that. But I can't honestly, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of it. I had not found one single positive in the entirety of this. I had an interesting dream about mirrors, but we can save that till after your whatever, whatever <laughs> the whatever the term is that you're going to be talking about. The cyclorama. Cyclorama. Yeah. Okay. So the, the concept is that spirits can come through the mirrors that it creates a, um, for lack of a better word, a portal or something of that nature. So basically what happens is you make a little clothed off area, black cloth, so there's no light. And then, then behind you, you put a mirror. And you set a chair in the middle. And in front of you, put a mirror. So you actually juxtaposition the one mirror so it shines into the other mirror. Okay? So you can see what's in the back mirror in the first in the front mirror is the concept. And then you sit there quietly in the dark. And supposedly, if you watch the front mirror, things will come up behind you in the mirror and be reflected in front of you. And I actually, Mark actually did it. Um, and Carol, his wife. Is that and what the, you were talking about with Mrs. Kitzmiller got mad? 
Yes. At you guys? Okay. They, well, they, Mark and Carol had gone and taught and taken a, a class, um, I think it was with Dr. Moody or sponsored by Dr. Moody. And it was about how to use a cyclorama to contact spirit. And so they came back and in the um, apartment, in the living room, they built a cyclorama for a brief period. And that's what Mrs. Kitzmiller got upset. But... Um, it, it's an interesting theory. Mark said it was very quiet in there. The time seemed to almost stand still. Like he was in there. They only let people in for 10 minutes at a time. That was just how they, they got cycled through about every 10 minutes. But Mark got there, I guess, the last person before lunch or something. So they forgot him for a little while. And they left him in there for like 20, 30 minutes. And he's like, it didn't feel like that. He said he did EVP. He got some EVP while he was in there. And he said he saw he saw some things, shadows and things in the mirrors. But um, it was just an interesting experience for him. And it, it gave him enough input that he thought it was worth trying again. So that's why he built it at the house and um, was going to use it as an incubator for trying other experiments. Is that the first time he ever saw anything for his, with his own eyes as opposed no, to just hearing so. it on EVP? Okay. I don't think so. But um, it was really interesting. He and Carol both were um, positively impacted by that experience. But again, it was done under controls with people who knew what they were doing. And um, everybody was protected in that respect. And so that was where the cyclorama comes in. And it's a way of it, it's not supposed to be conjuring in that you're not deliberately setting out to conjure up or bring up a negative entity or what have you. It's just supposed to open a doorway so that if spirit wants to talk to you or show itself to you, it can. It may be your loved ones. It may be strangers. It doesn't have any written rules to it. Maybe it's a little more dangerous than you originally thought if you think of it that way. You know? Yeah. So, but it, that's whenever um, he was talking about that, that's what a cyclorama is for those who don't know what one would be. I don't recommend doing it unless you have somebody with you who's highly trained to work it with you. Um, just because, you know, without the proper training and the proper protections, other things could go through. It's no different than opening a Ouija board and trying for something and just saying, hey, is there anything out there? You need to set parameters on everything you do. Well, they need to be able to close the portal too, right? They do indeed. It yeah. has to be able to be shut at the end. So, um, you know, if you don't know how to do this stuff, it's like with a Ouija board. If you don't know how to open and close it, don't mess with it. If you don't know how to open and close a portal, don't try it. And even when people try things like conjuring and stuff like that and say that they know what they're doing, quite often the residual effect is that something attaches to the mirror or the item that is involved and travels with it. And it's most often negative in nature. It, at the very least, it's, it's, um, it, it's just, you know, Not middle good. of the road, doesn't really yeah. care. It does, you know, it, it could be either good or bad, um, depending on the moment. But most people's expectations and most people's experiences with it will end up being negative in nature at the end. I think we should come up with our own terms. The paranormal has plenty of terms. We're constantly, uh, we're constantly creating new ground here on this podcast. Um, like uh, we could say, if it's negative, it's dark. And if it's positive, it's light. And if it's an indifferent haunting, we can just call it gray. 
Well, I'm I not saying we have you. to do that because we might have to provide a table of contents for everybody. Right. <laughs> Mark used to laugh because a girlfriend of mine, Lainey, and I, we would work together with him and we would come across negative energies. We would always go, ooh, that's icky. And he mm. finally one day turned to somebody we were talking with and he said, icky is a professional term. I just want you to know. It is a technical term for, oh my gosh, that's that's negative energy. Yeah, well, I joked with him about that the first time he was on. I'm like, I'm like, is that the technical term? He's like, yes, it's a scientific it term. <laughs> it is our term. If I look at him and go, ooh, that's icky, he's like, okay, that's negative. I'm I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So, but I just I thought that the I mean I was caught with, up with the idea of the mirrors, and that's why I wrote the article that we posted and began the research for the episode we just, you know, we're just doing. Um, but I was really surprised by the number of people who have either had their own experiences and shared them and, or who had information to impart on the subject. It is not often talked about. So I was surprised at how many people responded. Yeah, I agree. Is there any other type of paranormal activity involving mirrors that don't have to do with spirits and or or demonics or dark forces or anything like that like such as i'll just tell you about my dream and you can tell me if this means anything okay um so my dream was that i'm walking up to a mirror and i look in the mirror but i don't actually see like my reflection or the room or anything else like that what i'm seeing is me well i'm always the main character in these dreams so it's i, I don't it's take your it dream. You yeah i don't take it i don't take it as me like having this as being a real thing or anything or being the future but right. it's it's me as the main character in this movie because it, it resembled a movie i when i dream sometimes i dream in cuts so it looks like a movie to me like cut to a close-up cut to a wide shot it looks like a movie not just life it's not just my perspective i see me from the outside right. uh so so i'm looking in this mirror and then in the mirror is i'm like driving into like a tree on purpose okay and i think oh or or either that or was there there was like a choice i mean it's been so long and i was gonna like write a script about it actually um, but it, it was like, I had a choice whether to hit a car or hit a tree, something like that. Like I had a choice right. and, you know, I didn't know when it was going to happen or anything. And it made the me looking into the mirror think, think that like that I was seeing the future and I was going to have to make this choice. And when, when is this going to happen? Do, should I ever drive again? You know, all this other stuff. So right. it's like, am I going on this path? And it's it's not like in my mind's eye, I was seeing it play out in front of me in this mirror. And then after that, I woke up and that's why I was going to explore what that actually was. Um, but it was ultimately like making some sort of dire choice. You know, do I save me or do I save someone else? That type of thing. Right. It was kind of it sounds kind of Freudian, you know, and that maybe your life was in a place where you needed to make a choice. And uh, you were reflecting all of that, literally reflecting all of that, um, your worry or anxiety about what might be coming or was coming. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's it actually happened while I was in college when I had zero anxiety and zero any of the problems that I have 
today it just seemed like a cool dream to me at the time i was like well that's cool maybe i'll do a project on it because i was thinking up during the day projects to do right you know <laughs> so uh in the future so it wasn't like i was choosing anything in particular i kind of always knew what i wanted to do right and it just stayed the course so i just thought that was interesting i'm always the main character which may be vain but you know. see i'm always <laughs> like the side unless somebody's chasing me or something evil's happening i'm always like this up in the side watching what's going on mm. and it's always happening to other people and i'm trying to impact them in some positive way so my dreams are really different than yours. Yeah, but this brain is all messed up. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, what about what about the actual premise though? Is that a thing? Is it is do people look into mirrors and see something that's not their world? See or see you know events that could be or events happening somewhere else? Well, I is think that, that Lincoln that Lincoln did that. I mean, in a way, he saw that premonition of two selves. True. You know, yeah. that was probably the closest I could tell you. But I'm sure there um, I've seen stories over the years of people who looked into a mirror and saw something. And then later on, it occurred um, almost like a reflection of what was to be mm -hmm. um, a premonition of some sort. But that is not the most common. I, I mean, by far the most common every um, every time I, I start working on research on this is that mirrors have that potential to bring in negative energy or to bring in um a neutral energy that could be either, mm -hmm. but most often negative. And I honestly, I've, I'm fascinated with the question you asked because I honestly don't know any good stories. Maybe you'll find one. Maybe but, I'm going to keep an eye won't. out now. <laughs> if that's the way it works, that's or the way it works. Or if somebody that's listening today might know a good story. And if they do, please share it with us. Yes, please. Cause we don't know everything. We just can report on what we do think and know. Right. And that, that's the truth of it. You know, that's one thing that we should probably say more often is I, I'm not I don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. I'm just giving you the best information I have at this moment in my life and sharing it and, and years of experience. But that doesn't mean my experience is the only experience by mm -hmm. far. Yeah, I've been accused of trying to convert people into a certain belief system like a cult. By doing this podcast and I'm like, no, it's just my truth at the moment. I'm not trying to convince anybody <laughs> if, they, if they're what, convinced good but or fine. But, you know, I'm not trying to be a leader. You know what? I, from doing the um, ghost hunting for all these years and people would come up and talk to me. And the first thing I would say to them, this is not a religion. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in that at all. I'm just telling you what I know, my truth, my truth. Yep. And I can't speak to anybody else's truth. But I think that the fact that this podcast has grown so fast and we have so many supporters and what have you speaks to the fact that this is not just my truth or your truth, but there's a whole group of people for whom this is the truth and they're responding and we're hearing some amazing comments from them. And I'm so appreciated because it's kind of isolating to live the way we live and um, to hear from other people, things like, you know, you guys have integrity or you guys are, you know, making sense out of things that confused me or I was afraid of. And thank you for that, that kind of stuff. That's that means of the world to me. Or just offering a new perspective that people haven't thought about. Like I said, you, uh, like I said to this person, you literally have nothing. I mean, you, I've, I've learned a lot from you. I've heard a lot of things. I've made connections from knowing you. But I, this journey started before you and I reconnected after six years or whatever. Like we, I, I have been putting pieces together myself, like you heard along the, like any listeners right. heard along the way. And you were just 
you just joined in and I've taken your perspective and adding and going, whoa, that matches like this thing. And, you know, I'm trying to get this bigger picture or whatever, but I'm not trying to convince someone to think like me. That's so arrogant, you know? Exactly. All and I want to do is help if, if you're searching, you know, and, right. and you put the connections together yourself from what we say. That's what I've been doing. That's what you do from odd stuff. I say like that question I asked, you know? Right. Yeah, this we're, we're just a group sharing. It, it's nothing more than that. <clears throat> we're sharing life experiences, and so it's really important. It's vital that our our listeners, you know, share with us because their their life experiences are going to impact us as much as we impact them. And we really do read every single post. Yeah, that's for sure because we are interested and we're still searching ourselves. We don't know everything. Amen. I mean, there's a chance that we're correct about a lot of the things we say, though, but there's a chance we're not. <laughs> or know? that we, or that, and again, I will come back to, and this is the, probably one of the things you hear me say the most, Kenny, is that perspective is reality. Yep. You know, our, my perspective is my reality. Their perspective is their reality. But uh, if you could change somebody's perspective by sharing your reality. Yeah. It's just, there is weird stuff coming out of the woodwork now that I've, you know, joined this world is people accuse me of doing things I don't. People like that guy uh, on our first episode wrote, you are evil, plain and simple to you and me. Yes. For no reason. I asked him, like, why Why do you say that? What did we say in the video that makes you say that? No response. Never said anything. So I'm like, whoa, where does all this come from? And it's just because we're different. You know, we're, we're bucking tradition. We're going against yeah. the norm. We're challenging what was his mindset. And it's one of the reasons whenever I'm ghost hunting, if somebody tells me that um, I've told you the story of the six foot tall pussycat several times, you know, that they, oh, there's no such thing as ghosts and hauntings. And they, and you can see they sincerely need to believe that because if they don't, it just challenges their worldview and they can't cope with it. I don't get angry or upset. I realize this person has not evolved that far and they're just stuck in their own little box and their perception is reality. And that is all they have. And they're not willing to change their perspective and look at anybody else and give them an equal opportunity to be heard. Yeah. But that was the first time I experienced what you've told me about growing up and things like being told that I'm something that's not real. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, I would never start a cult. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And it offended me that they would think that I would. That that was the hard. That's the part that hurt the most. It messes with your head. Mm -hmm. I know it does. And it messes with you like deep inside your head where you're like, am I actually doing something bad? Am I, you know, what's wrong with me? And how could they see that? Think that about, yeah, all of that. And I had to learn to lay that all aside and just let it go because I, I had to come to the point where I understood it was they were reflecting themselves onto me, not me and who I really was. Yeah. And, and then I realized like, I cannot allow myself to listen to somebody that unequivocally says nothing I say could possibly be true. And therefore it's just nonsense and crazy. And, and, and his, I'm like, you don't know that. And that you can't prove that. You know, and so his silence speaks volumes for his ability to argue his point. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even care about that. I don't care if he believes right. what we do or what I do. You know, I don't care about any of that. It's just, you know, just hear what we say. And that's you'll, all you'll get our, you'll, you'll get our intent. 
I listen to, you know, a thousand different perspectives and look at things through a thousand different visions because that's just the way I believe you need to be. You can't just be shut down in one spot. But if people really enjoy what we have to say and they really want to share, even if they don't agree, I don't care if they don't agree. I don't expect people to have to agree with me all the time. That's fine. Just don't be mean. Yeah, I will listen to what you have yeah. to say, and maybe it'll change my perspective. Absolutely, I'm, I'm good with this. You know, because I don't I've, have to be right. I'm nope. I'm constantly. If I hear something interesting, I change. You know, I'm not above that. I'm not like, this is what I think, and I know what's right, and that's it. Sorry, I wasn't planning on talking about this. This just happened. So, okay. <laughs> so, but I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that feel that same way. You know. And- and I find that I find in my life that a lot of really decent spiritual people have that same perspective that they, you know, they don't, they just want to learn and absorb and they had experiences and they just need to make some sort of peace with that. And we help with that. And I'm fine with that being our goal. And know if it's not the only goal we have, but it's certainly one of our goals and people are supporting it because it speaks to them and to their truth. Yeah. Did you have anything else with mirrors? Nope, that's it. I think that's enough mirror stuff for one night. I don't want to be, um, you know, to overdo us with the mirrors because we have so much more to talk about on this subject. We'll probably come back to it some other day. If people have stories they'd like to share, we might even be able to do an entire episode off their stories. Yeah, absolutely. We are taking stories right now. And, uh, you know, reach out if you got one, go in the group and put one in the group because all this could make the podcast. And we're going to start inviting people on. Um, we're not sure if it's going to be a Patreon only thing or not quite yet. Cause we don't know what we're going to get right. <laughs> from, from, from all these people. But, um, we're, we're planning on having some of the audience, uh, chime in over Skype and talk to us and right. we get to interact. Um, but, and we do have the Patreon. So if you really want to support us and help us to grow, help us to get better equipment and do the things we need to do to make this a better show. Um, we would appreciate your support. You can go on to our Facebook page and um, how do they go from there, Kenny? Um, well, it's patreon.com slash the paranormalist, okay. but they can get there through all of our various links. Um, you know, I have it posted everywhere. It's all over everything, YouTube, all the clips, mm-hmm. everything. And it's $5 a month Five dollars and you get extra content, um, stuff that you don't hear at the beginnings and the ends of some of the episodes. You get three extra stories a week, which actually equals out to almost an extra episode. Um, Kenny has some extra stuff that he also puts in some of the things like your, was it TWA? TSA. TSA. Experience. Experience and stuff like that. (laughs) And we're growing. So there'll be more things coming as we get, um, as we grow further along, we want to add to what our, um, supporters are getting, but you know, check it out. If you think this is worthwhile keeping on the air, we appreciate your help. We definitely do. If anything we've done has done anything for you (laughs) at at all. Cause I know there, there are people that have been touched by certain things that we've talked about and other stuff. So, you know, consider it. Thank you. We will be in your debt. But, so we will owe you extra stories. But that, <laughs> that it does. I mean, it does equal almost to four full episodes extra when you yeah. add it all together. So, all right. Um, if there's nothing else with that subject, then okay. check out everything that we have. All right. Um, we will talk to you guys later and have a happy beginning to your new year. Bye.